Welcome to Battling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. Hey, Derek. What's happening, buddy? Not much. Just uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting out of the stay-at-home order stuff so I can actually record in studio again. Next week. Yes. Next week, you can jump in your yeah. car, drive all over town. Exactly. Don't go in any stores, but you can drive all over town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, um, yeah, you know what, you do what you got to do for now and hopefully exactly. numbers are going down, you know, a bit. So hopefully we can keep this under control. Now I, I do have to admit that they, I was kind of worried that why would you not keep the lockdown past family day weekend? Because the first thing everybody's going to do once it's over on the Friday, the Thursday is go absolutely nuts over family day weekend, three exactly. days holiday, long weekend. And I think that's why they did what they did. They, it's like, Hey, the lockdown maintain, is maintained during family day weekend, Yeah, which it, it's, it's good and bad. It makes sense to do so. But for like, I know for me, like I had, uh, had a campsite booked at me Lake, which I had canceled and yep. got all my money back. And, uh, as well, I, you know, there's other stuff that we had planned to do, but we're just going to sit home and, uh, and you know, watch the movies and go hiking and just around around the house here. And there's a local trail that we can go on. And uh, so we're just going to do our little thing. And then the following weekend, we're going to go camping. Yeah, we have a site booked for this for Family Day weekend. There, I guess next weekend. At um, is it next weekend or this weekend? This weekend coming, yeah. Holy gentlemen, Family Day starts tomorrow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Family Day weekend is starting tomorrow. Dude, January <laughs> has been so busy, like work-related and everything. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. I'm going non-stop, you know, where your your computer's on at 7 in the morning, you're ripping, ready to go. You got your coffee and your toast and whatever else. You start getting in through your, your emails and, you know, doing a few things. Next thing you know, it's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And you're like, uh, yeah. maybe I should get some lunch. Well, no, I'm not going to get lunch now because it's dinner time soon. And then you get going yeah. into into the rest of your day, and then it's like 5.30. Well, I don't want to cook dinner now. It's 5.30, so I'll just wait till breakfast tomorrow or grab a snack. or. And that's my COVID diet. That's how I <laughs> lost 20 pounds the first go-round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already down seven. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know what? I took all that time and energy to build up my hibernation fat over that Christmas holiday. Exactly. And now working from home, I'm I'm down seven already. Really? Come on. I need to set my alarm. Quick, go upstairs and binge eat. <laughs> so you're just, you just snack too much at work, do you? I just snack too much at work, I guess. I don't know, but. Here, I've got a big, big, I, I like uh, bridge mixture, glossette raisins and peanuts and stuff. So we go to the bulk barn and we get a, you know, yeah, give me a scoop of the, the peanuts, the chocolate covered peanuts. And they'll sit in my drawer next to uh, my computer and I'll open the drawer every so often and munch a couple, close the door and that sort of thing. And, but now we got this massive bag. I'm like, what, were they on half price or something? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, oh, I got to eat some of these so I can close the drawer. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny. It was uh, you just made me think about those uh, those cheese balls that you can get oh, from Costco. Cheese balls. And so, 
so normally like uh like you know you get money back from depending on how much shopping you do it when you have the executive membership or whatever it's called yep. so i normally get like 80 100 bucks check from costco every year uh, i don't think i'm getting one this year because i haven't been there since last march i've been there once since last march oh so we usually get enough back to pay for our membership yeah i would like a, i'm usually in a range of 100 bucks yeah and uh, but I, I don't think I'm getting any this year because I just haven't haven't shopped there, right? I haven't stayed been away to... from Costco. Well, see, and they came into my work and were selling memberships, so we hadn't had one in years. Oh yeah. And I said, you know what? I know Tracy has friends that will go to Costco and she'll tag along, and so I'm just going to pick up a Costco card. So I did, and you know, it's the dual membership sort of thing, and. I went a couple of times. We've had this, what, three years now? Yeah. I've been maybe maybe three times, four times, tops. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because when they first started, they had a whole whack of sample people. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, try this, sir. Try this. Try this. Try this. And you could go there after work and take the kids in the shopping cart and feed the kids, <laughs> feed yourself, do some shopping. Not so much anymore. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, it's pretty, it's, it's not as often. Yeah, the sample people have, have dwindled, you know, so Costco's lost my business. <laughs> <laughs> That when they brought the oh here try this beer oh beer yes it's non-alcoholic get out of here <laughs> and that's what I I miss like I've the few trips I've done to like ski trips to Quebec we always stop at a Costco on the way home because Costco oh, in Quebec yeah. they sell wine and beer and and so it's too bad they don't do that here in Ontario because that's uh well you, the Costco's in Quebec like you're talking like. You're talking tall boys for like a buck a can of beer, right? It's, no, because you know what? Cheap. If I went there with my friends, we would end up making a couch out of all the cases of beer and just drinking there. <laughs> yeah, there you, you go. Know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your kids back at school? They are. This week, they finally went back. School reopened, and uh, so this is their first full week back. And uh, the kids are loving it. They, 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 you know, they miss their friends and they miss the structure of their teachers and so on. It's, uh, it's nice to see them back. And it's, it's. I'm not a very good uh, teacher, so when I, when I do my days at home to, to because the kids are home, it's. Uh, I'm not a very good teacher. So <laughs> I, I think their schooling has been hampered over the month of January. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> So I'm I'm happy to get them back. They a little bit more structured, a little bit better learning, and one on more one on one with teachers and stuff. So it's uh, so I'm look this is it's it's an exciting time. <laughs> what did your dad teach you guys while you were working from home? <laughs> he taught me how to swear. <laughs> <laughs> I can burp the elevator the alphabet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's Beckett going, pull my finger. <laughs> <laughs> All the classes. Ole! <laughs> Coupe de fromage. French class. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I'm so glad we don't have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. You're lucky your kids are uh, all grown up. All grown up. We didn't have. To... Yeah, there was the one school strike that happened just after um, they graduated. Well, we got one, but uh, yeah. Then, then there was another big one we didn't have to deal with, which was nice. 
And then all this schooling from home. Well, Ariana's working. She's doing her master's from home. So um, yeah. she sits upstairs in front of her laptop and big screen there and chit chats and does artsy fartsy history stuff. And uh, yeah. seems to be enjoying it. So comes down every so often with this big old thesis. Hey, you want to proofread this for me? <laughs> yeah. Let me just put on my Shakespearean glasses here. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> give this a little uh, read for you. Yeah. But uh, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's been really busy. Really busy. I've been invited to a whole mm-hmm. bunch of things this last month and just, ah, can't. Just, just can't. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, seven in the morning. You, yeah, like I say, and then nighttime you're. You know, by the time you're 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 done, it's like, well, I got to get into some other things now, and there's just no time in the day. But, um, I do have to mention something though. Yes. I got. Well, we got a gift. Ah, yes. Which you can't partake in yet. Because I'm not there. But you're not here till next week. Hopefully it lasts that long. <laughs> the Thousand Islands Brewing Company out of Brockville, Ontario. Uh, the Barley Mo is a restaurant in Ottawa. And it, I think it's the same ownership owns the brewery and the Barley Mo. The Barley Mo started about 30 years ago, 25, 30 years ago. And has grown into nine different restaurants, gastropubs. So it's, fr- it's like franchised. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my brother's at the one in Barhaven. So if you're in the Ottawa area and go to the Barley Mow in Barhaven, um, ask to see Greg. He's, he, and you'll, you'll see what the uglier one of this looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so what does he do? Is there, is he the manager? Or oh, cook? he's a kitchen manager he? there. Yeah. Yeah. Kitchen manager. Oh, oh yeah. You know what? And you show up there and you, and he knows you're coming. Like yeah. your food. I don't know if he just like. Mails it in for everybody else, and then when family shows up, <laughs> it's really good. But uh, yeah. uh, no, you know what? It's what he's been enjoying doing for years. So you know, he enjoys cooking. So, uh, awesome. but we we yeah, they sent us uh, twenty four beers, a couple of each, different ones that they have. Uh, Thousand Islands did. Thousand Islands Brewing, yeah. Um, cool. And the stout was definitely stouty. It was nice tasting. The uh, what was the wheat one I had when it was ice cold? It was good. When I first okay. cracked it, do you remember smelling your dad's beer when you were a little kid? Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. That's what this immediate smell just reminded me of. Oh, yeah, my dad's beer from when I was a kid. Really old beer. Yeah, really. Yeah, like 1970s beer. Uh, <laughs> but freshly open. Um, so it's a mixed case, is it? Yeah, yeah. Cool. But but the, the, the wheat is really good when it was really cold. I got into something in the last uh, half of my glass there was uh, got Warmed a bit up. warmer and seemed to lose its flavor. Uh, so it's definitely something you got to drink. Uh, cold and now the brown I am drinking here. Um, that's actually quite tasty. So next cool. week, I look forward to being there next week. 
if there's still some here next week, <laughs> you'll have to uh, taste it. So if you're in Brockville, Ontario, head on down to the Thousand Islands Brewing Company. Check them out. They have a pub there as well. I think it's probably curbside or run in and take out sort of thing right now. Uh, yep. And yeah, if you're in Ottawa, check out the Barley Mo. Ask for Craig or Greg and tell them you uh, heard about them from from uh, Paddling Adventures Radio. And uh, I don't know that you'll get anything, but hey, at least he'll make Greg will make sure that your food is extra good. So, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, no that burger. No, don't put that burger back on because that's someone we know. Put that burger to the next guy. <laughs> Take that off the floor. Put it on, but yeah. don't give that to these people. <laughs> I was Googling. I was Were Googling you? many things. If, and Google apparently. Google needs to sponsor us. Apparently, Google is just throwing the latest and greatest at me now. It knows. <laughs> I was looking at paddles. <clears throat> okay. Checking out paddles. And all of a sudden, have you heard of pickleball? Well, until you told me about it in the preamble to this episode, I had not heard about it. No. Although I, I've, ref, I've I've done a little bit of research in the last uh, half an hour, and uh, I'm staggered at what I saw. I, how how have I never heard or so known about this? I was googling paddles, and pickleball paddle came. I thought it was a company called Pickleball Making Paddles. Okay. <laughs> no. I went down the rabbit hole. I was there for a couple of minutes, had a look around going, yeah, not what I'm looking for. And I left the rabbit hole. You went down the rabbit hole and hung around for a while. I did. You I watched some YouTube tour. videos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was watching technique and play. I was looking at uh, some trick shots. I was, uh, I was until you kind of reeled me back in, I was just about to see uh, mistakes that you can make on the court and stuff like that. And, and uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it, this is a full-fledged freaking sport, man. On this week's episode, Derek tells us all about getting his pickleball coaching license. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, he's a certified ref. So, pickle- but wait, what I found interesting though is, uh, is I've never heard of it. I've Ditto. never heard of it. Ditto. And and here I am looking at videos and. It's like you can hear the uh, the two announcers, a man and a woman, announcing the game and calling the points. And, and there's a ref on the sidelines, just like on tennis. And there's people up in the stands. It looks like it looks like a like a like you're watching a tennis match, like Wimbledon or something. They call it and a cross. It's full on professional. Yeah, they call it a cross between ping pong, tennis, and badminton. So the paddle. And this absolutely has nothing to do with canoe tripping or kayaking no. <laughs> or stand-up paddle boarding or whitewater rafting, but it has to do with paddles. So <laughs> yes, there you go. So you get it this. It relates in an obscure way. Yeah. Uh, it's a tangent, as it were. Yes. And the, the paddle is like a ping pong paddle, but bigger, square with rounded corners. The ball yeah. is probably, what, six times bigger than a ping pong ball? It's a it's a wiffle ball. It's a t- typical like if any I I know what wiffle ball is. I've heard wiffle ball, like, but I didn't know it was yeah, an actual sport. So it's the it's the size. It's slightly smaller than a softball, but it's hollow with holes in it. Yeah. And there's a net that comes if you're lucky up to your groin, 
Yeah, it's like a tennis, tennis net, net, but a very short yeah. tennis net. Now, is it always four people? Did you happen to catch any of that? No, I saw two and four men play. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you basically you're hitting. Now, one guy that I saw says if you're hitting it overhand, if, if, if you have to raise your paddle above your head to hit the ball, the guy on the other side is not playing very well. Apparently, it's yes. supposed to be a low impact, and it's yeah. popular with seniors and, you know, the, shall we say, non-athletic types yep. <laughs> as he's yes. drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I so saw some of the trick shots and some of the really neat plays that I saw. One of the guys was uh, like, a, you could tell he's a beer guzzling kind of dude. He's got a beer gut and he was all melting from sweat. And But yeah, it's like, this is not like an elite sport. It's just something that's fun. And it looks like it. Yeah. Um, that they're, well, I mean, yeah, they're all out there enjoying themselves. I mean, you know, the, the one person I saw, you know, I, they got shot knees or they got tennis elbow and they can't do, but this is perfect for them to get out there and, and, uh, have some fun and, um, some sports and, you know, uh, interacting with other people, social, that sort of thing. But yeah, I never knew pickleball was an actual thing. Yeah. It's, it's pretty neat. Now I want to try it. Now you want to try it. We've lost Derek. <laughs> Derek has fallen down the rabbit hole, yeah. not cared about directions back. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the thing is, is that it doesn't look very difficult to play. It, uh, it, it There's no high-speed whacking the ball like tennis. It's uh, you're, you're just thumping it back and forth, and, and uh, there's, there's uh, you have to be, you have to have good, fast reflexes, because you're like, you stand really close to the net, for the most part, and it's a very small cord. It's not a very large cord at all. It's uh, probably about uh, 60, 70% of a tennis court. Reflexes so uh, like a cat. Yes. <laughs> a 90-year-old, 300-pound exactly. cat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to... I used to play squash, and there's this guy that uh, I always played squash with, and uh, he's easily 70-some years old, and he is not fast, but his technique is down. And it's, I I think, I don't think I ever really beat him, and there was one time where it came close, but he was kind of, I think he was having a bad day, but this guy kind of drags around and st- staggers around because he's so old. And, uh, but he kicks my ass. So it's, uh, it's one of those things, it's all about technique, right? It's all about the technique, knowing where to put the ball. <laughs> it's about the technique. It's not that you were just absolute crap. It was just <laughs> well, that he was there's just a little bit that, of that good. Too. There is a little bit of that, but no, this yeah. guy beats everybody. Like this guy is, uh, he was one in the, uh, in the, uh, the group that we played with. He, uh, he beat a lot of people. Because you're all crap. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now. A dozen crappy people and one decent fella. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He probably goes at home at night, just over the moon, thinking, oh, I whipped his butt again. Awesome. It's highlight of his week. Yeah. And there's, oh, yeah, yeah, old Fred kicked my ass again. Oh, man. Good times. Uh, what do we got this week here? We should actually talk some more here. We got, oh, uh, the 209th anniversary. Ah, uh, yes. I noticed that the other day. Uh, it was, uh, I, I, 
I get the I sign up for all these uh, newsletters, and uh, so this is one of the things I get is uh, the Smithsonian Channel sends out on this day in history. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so this topic we had talked about. Uh, it's been a while. Six months ago, we talked about it. Oh, you, you and John, I I had found the topic, or no, you and you and John had talked about. It. I was off. I wasn't recording with you guys that episode. It was just you and John, and you guys talked about this event. Did you have somewhere better and to be? I must have been away. In, oh, maybe I was away on vacation with uh, with Mike Burns doing a camping or whatever. Maybe that was like last year. Yeah, anyway. oh yeah, it was last year. Yeah, it was definitely last year, like six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. So the 209th anniversary of the Mississippi fluvial tsunami. Yes. <laughs> February 7th, 1812. Most everybody violent... listening going, everybody listening is going, a who, a what, a, a what? Did a they just make up a word? Fluvial tsunami. <laughs> a fluvial tsunami is when the water goes backwards and it did it in the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. There was a series of earthquakes, February seventh, eighteen twelve. They actually were from January, sorry, December sixteenth, eighteen eleven, to January. Uh, sorry, no, February. Um, there's a series. A yeah, series, a of, series them. of earthquakes, and yeah. these were big earthquakes. Yeah. And yeah, so this is like holy crap. This is uh, so in this area. So this is uh, the New Madrid region region of Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. So New Madrid, and uh, so I had to look it up on a map. And this is really a seismically stable area. It's very rare and unusual to have earthquakes in this area. Well, it is. And now. these were like eight point six, and and uh, like very big earthquakes. Most powerful in the history of the United States. Mm-hmm. One was 8.8. Yeah. It was so Massive. big. It, uh, yeah, the, the big one was uh, 8.8 magnitude, was a, one of the strongest quakes in human history. Church bells rang in Boston thousands of miles away from yeah. shaking. Brick walls were toppled in Cincinnati. The Mississippi River water turned brown. Whirlpools developed suddenly from the depressions created in the riverbed. Waterfalls were created in an instant. In one report, 30 boats were helplessly thrown over falls. Many (laughs) of the small islands in the middle of the river, often used as bases for river pirates, permanently disappeared. Large lakes, uh, large lakes such as Real Foot Lake in Tennessee and Big Lake in the Arkansas-Missouri border were created by the earthquake as river water poured into new depressions crazy eh yeah could you imagine paddling and then all of a sudden something like that happens <laughs> no no you don't expect you don't expect uh hazards like this just to blossom out of nowhere right it's well it's one of the few th- you don't expect an earthquake no one expects the spanish inquisition um <laughs> <laughs> sorry monty python kicks in every so often uh yeah the unusual seismic Seismic, well, actually said it right. Seismic activity began about 2 a.m. on December 16th when a strong tremor rocked New Madrid. At 7.15, an even more powerful quake erupted, now estimated to have a magnitude of 8.6. Knocked people off their feet. Many people experienced nausea from extensive rolling of the earth. Yeah, crazy, eh? Mm Mm-hmm. 
So the Mississippi River, yeah, because all this, so the Mississippi River ended up going backwards. So instead of going, what, north to south, it went south to north, I guess? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's happened two more times the Mississippi River has flowed backwards. 2005, during Hurricane Katrina, when the flow was reversed, and it was astonishing four meters or 13 feet higher than usual. Uh, the reverse flow of the river only lasted a relatively short time, just a few hours. And in 2012, uh, the Mississippi ran backwards for an incredible 24 hours. I don't remember seeing this on the news. Because we had news <laughs> no, in 2012. We did, we did. There, there was news. Yes. Uh, and on TV. Uh, yep. The Mississippi ran backwards for an incredible 24 hours in the aftermath of Hurricane Isaac. The force from the hurricane was so strong that the river started moving water at a rate of 5,200 cubic meters per second, or 182,000 cubic feet per second in the wrong direction. And that's, as it says here, that's that's more than the normal downstream flow on a on a on a given day. Yeah. So if you think you have a hard time paddling the Mississippi <laughs> on a regular day, yeah, yeah, don't be out on the Mississippi when the hurricanes or earthquakes hit. Although it would be easy to paddle upstream on a day like that. Oh, you better paddle fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to last forever. Yeah. <laughs> so happy 209th anniversary Mississippi fluvial tsunami from 1812. <laughs> Speaking of... Events that you just don't think are going to happen and you Hard are not expecting. Hard to plan for. So imagine, if you will, for a moment, the rafting season in northern India has just begun. February to April is the rafting season on the Alaknanda River in India. You're booking a trip to this rafting destination after seeing this ad self-contained multi-day river adventure down the Elknanda River. Trip starts from the base of the Ganges near the pilgrim town of Rishikesh and launches from the town of Shamoli, descending 70 kilometers of a classic river run, negotiating over 85 three and four, class three and four rapids. Sounds fun. It does. Scenic drive of 165 kilometers takes us past the towns situated on holy confluences, which later form India's holiest river, the Ganga. We reach Alaknanda, one of the most exciting river runs in this part of the Himalayas. We take you through thick forests, deep gorges and cascading white water, foaming rapids, sandy beaches and starry nights, making this a truly memorable outdoor trip so you book your chip you're off to india pitter patter let's get at her right and it's easy to book trips because there's like two or three dozen outfitters oh, and yeah. tour operators and rafting companies and rent gear companies like this is this is a very popular area there's a lot of people that run these rivers yeah so what are the dangers you have to watch out for when you're whitewater rafting there's hitting rocks yep flipping in the rapids yep uh being thrown overboard and going for a swim of course you might break a paddle or something yeah hopefully not yourself but yeah a paddle <laughs> yeah 
Uh, I've seen other rafts hitting each other. Yeah, they uh, pile up in a, in a, they get the, what was it? The, you if know, one you gets get hung a, up? Yeah, get hung up. The other guy just crams into them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Getting stuck or hung up on something else, a river feature. Yeah. And then we get into the more serious ones. Drowning. Yeah. Hypothermia. Muscle cramp. Yeah. I got a cramp. Or with overexertion, you might have a heart attack. Those, <laughs> those are the regular things. Yeah, that so you need you to worry expect. about when you're on a whitewater rafting trip. What's an example of a danger you wouldn't think you would have to watch out for? Not <laughs> thinking fluvial tsunamis here, but something else. Yeah, so... How so about... maybe... <laughs> a large chunk of a glacier bla- breaking off and causing a mass flash flood. And That's this is not something. something you could really predict. Yeah. And so, so this is what happened just this weekend on Sunday. So the... Uh, Sunday, the anniversary yeah. of the Mississippi fluvial tsunami. Yes. So this is this is quite the day. So the, on Sunday, February 7th, at uh, John Van Berger's birthday. Oh, yes. This was the anniversary of the fluvial tsunami. It was uh, mine and Siobhan's wedding anniversary. We married 12 years. And now it's the uh, anniversary of the uh, of the uh, large chunk of glacier that broke off, caused a giant uh, landslide, and all this material displaced a whole lot of water, and that whole lot of water crammed its way down the Anakananda River, took took out two hydroelectric dams. This is this was a crazy amount of water that like you did you go online and look at some of the videos of the water? Oh, I was down? yeah, I was watching. So like, these are tight notch canyons and stuff. Yeah, and uh, it, it was just crazy the this sudden flash flood of these all these dams and all this torrent of water that got blown open and it was just a lot of water racing down this river. Yeah, the uh, a piece of the Nanda Devi glacier broke apart. Uh, sending torrents of water down the Dali Ganga River, uh, the valley. And there were satellite, uh, report, reports now saying the, from the scientists studying the satellite imagery before and after, say there's a large chunk of the glacier missing. And yep. it's crashed down the mountain, triggering landslides, subsequent floods. And yet there's one, a 13.2 megawatt uh uh, Risha Ganga power project completely washed away. And then rising waters, um, you know, authorities started issuing evacuation notices and all that sort of stuff. And the floods surged down the valley, causing extensive damage to the 520 megawatt hydro project under construction five kilometers away. Uh, yeah. last we saw, I heard there was 19 dead, over 200 missing. And most of them are hydro, hydroelectric workers. Yes. Unfortunately. That is something. Isn't that crazy? And so this, the, the headwaters of this river and this glacier, this, so this is the foothills of the Himalayas. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of glaciers in that area. And they're saying that this is something that the, they need to start to be prepared for because with, uh, 
with global warming and climate change, it uh, th there's expected that there's a potential that more of these uh, events where glaciers are calving off giant uh, chunks of ice into river projects that uh, it's there's it's one of those things that they have to start paying attention to, right? Yeah. So most of the river took or most of the damage took place a few hours right after this all happened, of course. And authorities are saying they're not expecting any further impact. Um, it did affect a small part of a l very large state of uh, Atarakand. And the incident took place near the edge of Nanda Devi National Park. Access to the couple of the national parks in the area have been hit. And rescue teams are working, restoring road links, stuff like that. Instruction had been given to immediately remove all boat operations and rafting operators from the river. Could you imagine being on the river and no. you're sitting there in your raft <laughs> and you're looking, okay, here's this class four. I know I've got to hit it over the left and then a little ways yep. down, move it slightly over towards the middle, then the right, and then right back over to the left. And as you're, you're trying to get ready to psych yourself up for this, you hear something behind you. Yeah, why is the rapids getting louder? <laughs> and you turn around and because you're thinking, it's not just water that's coming down. No, it's there's trees. There's debris, and, there's trees, yeah. there's... Like, how Rich is that for the biggest oh crap moment in your life? I know. Because there is like it, and nothing. There's no time to get out of the way. You're just going to like, okay, hang on, this is going to be a ride. Yeah. And so this is there right at the start of the season. And it was, a, so it was a Sunday at 10 a.m. Chances are there's a lot of people and operators on the river right along with all the you know hydroelectric workers so i haven't been able to find any uh, evidence or any any anything where there is paddlers injured but you've got to imagine that uh, you know there's uh, there's multi-day trips that use these these this uh headwater it's a very mm -hmm. popular area right and i went through a lot of the videos of like previous years of people kayaking and rafting and so on. And uh, this river is a very popular river. And it's it, most of the uh, river operators use this section of river. And so it's uh, this is going to change while hopefully not too many individuals were affected directly, either injured or died. But uh, this is also going to affect the rest of their season because they like they've immediately pulled the the boat operators off the river. Yeah. But going forward, you you can't predict what hazards are now. You're gonna anything you thought you anybody who was expert on this river going oh well you know rocks are moved and now there's going to be log hazards and tree hazards in the river and there's going to be sweepers now and there, who knows what damage you know there's big vehicles are going to be in the river there's uh, chunks of road and and bridge pieces in the river so this is uh this is gonna well there's there's still lots of rivers that come uh, and the meltwater coming out of the himalayas but uh, this section of river is going to have to be taken out of service for a short time until it can be safely deemed that it's a, a, you're able to navigate it by raft and kayak again, right? Yeah, you know what? Their their first season. There's like two seasons a year: February and April. Then there's a couple months off, and then I think it's is it September to November. Uh, so yeah, you know, I think they're going to lose the first part of their season, and then they'll have a couple months during the summer to do. 
some reno work on the the river hopefully and yeah then get back on the river come uh, their fall season hopefully it works well, just out to that get way. just to get to the head of the, the river right there's all these bridges that got washed out so now that you can't even navigate the area and you just everything's gonna be by aircraft until they rebuild these bridges that were taken out right yeah and i mean i'm sure that's going to be one of the very first things they do is get that access back yes you know yeah. because especially to get into the remote areas where there's yeah going to be people stuck so. Exactly. So there's remote com Indian communities and so on that uh, that would have lost access. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that's uh, over the next several months to uh, kind of recover the area. So the least of their concerns is some, you know, boat operators worrying about their uh, expeditions. But uh, mostly it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of uh, families and villages that are trying to kind of go back to normal as the uh as the, you know it, just watching this rush of water down the river like the water courses would have changed because of this it was a massive amount of water that that was shoved through right yeah so it's uh this is going to affect life in the region for quite a while something to see man but uh yeah mm -hmm. like i say it's not something that uh, you'd be be expecting to happen no, no, you don't expect to see a 20-foot wall of water come up from behind you. <laughs> <laughs> it just went from a class 4 to a class 14. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's something, man. Yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break here, and when we come back, i got a couple of little uh, tidbits to talk about. We'll awesome. Be, we'll be right back after this. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Welcome back. So I was reading the uh, Adventure Journal uh, yes. lately because, you know, you got me hooked on that. I like Adventure Journal. Yes, you know, well, I, get, I, get, I do get the magazine. Are you still, you still actually get the uh, hard copy of it? Yes. Yeah. It's the, this is the one that gets mailed to Douche de la Canoe. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes. Douche de la Canoe. Yeah. That was funny. It's classy. That's classy. That sounds classy. <laughs> it's French. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. So I I still read the one on the internet. Um, there's an article on there. They talk about a small study that there was done that showed people take care of public parks if they feel they have a stake in them. Yeah. Either right? whether it's perceived or an actual stake in it or. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah, you know, and the, they, there's a little study they did. If you go to the Adventure Journal uh, and read, their, they'll, they'll, it says about their study. We're not going to get into that here. But just basically yeah. they're saying if if people have a stake in the park, they're going to make sure it 
stays clean and and whatnot. Yeah. That got me thinking about the places we go paddling and how could something be done that has a positive effect by everyone that uses these areas? Exactly. Something with, and so typically what we've gone to now is a penalty based system for littering or for mm-hmm. doing whatever, or bringing cans into the park when you're not supposed to, it's all penalty based. And, and what, I think this here, what you found is that when you people have a stake, if you can create a positive, generate a positive attitude towards a park. And this is similar to like the adopt a highway system where you see on the side of the highway, you know, this section of highway is adopted by so-and-so. A company and, or and, family. Yeah. yeah. And so they come out once a year or twice a year and they pick garbage and they do something to beautify that's their section of highway. And we, they, every spring they also do uh what is it the uh what is it what do they call it the beach or the lake cleanup or the lakeshore cleanup yeah oh yeah it's, yeah there's lakes lakeshore cleanups lake sides beaches yeah the river river sides so it's like that one weekend everybody gets out at the same time and cleans and picks up that mm-hmm. garbage now first yeah and that's that's like when you're starting to think of the penalties system when you start looking at different aspects, like when you start looking at training a dog, don't give the dog a smack and say bad dog. You you treat based, right? Yes. Positive Reward reinforcement, yeah. right? You when they, pooped on the newspaper. Good boy. Good, yeah. That sort of thing. Um, yeah, and there was a couple other, that sort of thing. You know, you know, they're, they're t- you know tell your kid they're doing great. Don't berate yeah. them, that sort of thing. and. Uh, there's, there's a whole lot of positive reinforcement stuff. Yeah. Now, when you're thinking of having a stake in, in something, um, you automatically think of money, you know, but no one's going to pay you to take care of a park. No. Uh, no. but what if there were incentives? Yes. So the one thing I'm thinking about is say you're canoe tripping in Algonquin park, you paddle 10 days, you get a day free. Sort of like a, you know, a coffee card that you get punched every time you go yep. for a paddle. So that way you're thinking, well, I'm paddling. I'm going to go up there more. And I want it to look nice if I'm going to go up there a lot. Yep. So maybe I will be picking up more trash and stuff like that to, to help out. Or, you know, I know I'm going to do this route another five times this year. So maybe I'll get rid of that tree that. You know, help help clear that portage or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Right? Yeah, and, and there's and there's lots of ways, other ways to incentivize people to clean up or do good for a park. Mm-hmm. Uh, fill up a garbage bag as you paddle along. Return it for a free day admission coupon or something like that. You know, you you go. They'd have somebody standing outside. You go, yeah, I, I collected all this garbage while yeah, I was out I for my day trip. Or, yeah. You know. Well, here's ten percent off at the the Portage store, or you know, here's a coupon. Next time you come here, you get you know admission to the park for free, that sort of thing. Yeah. Places that charge launch fees, you get a small garbage bag when you pay your fee. You go out for a day paddle. When you return, if the bag is full, you know, like doesn't have to be a hefty. Yeah, big not bag, bag. filled, you know, three yeah. tires and, a, and an old engine in here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, 
you get back, your 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 back is your bag is filled when you get back. You get your launch fee back. Yes. I mean, launch fees are five, ten bucks, right? Yeah, and so it it, it works. It's a positive reinforcement both ways. It uh, mm-hmm. it helps the park out. The park gets it's itself cleaned up, and so they're they're not having to hire staff to go and do you know clean up maintenance and stuff like that. They they were you know this like somebody comes back with a bag of garbage. It saves man hours for them to clean it up, and then some individual when they leave with the garbage bag, they can like here look what I picked up. Okay, here's your your entry fee or your your slip fee or, or mm-hmm. whatever. This you get it back, right? Yeah. Like I said, I mean, 10 bucks is, you know, yeah, we just save money than having somebody do it. Place looks great. It costs us a buck for a garbage bag, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, there has to be some way to give people some ownership to the places they're paddling, whether it's day yes. paddling, canoe trips, what have you. When I was going through college, I worked midnight to the gas bar. Okay. There was another gas bar across the street from us. So, you know, when their gas went down, ours went down. When theirs went up, ours went up and blah, blah, blah. If we were giving away something for free, you know, uh, I know at one point it was screwdrivers. Uh, Another time it was glasses, then Tupperware containers. Get $25 worth of gas or 25 liters of gas. Get a free screwdriver. Collect the whole set. Sort of yeah, thing. Okay. When we were giving away stuff for free, we were constantly busy compared to this gas bar across the road. Okay. When the gas bar across the road was giving out the Olympic glasses and we were giving away nothing, I could have had a nap and not worried about anybody showing up. <laughs> and it makes a difference. Yeah. It draws in people. People don't care what the free thing is. It's just, it's something free. It's, it doesn't have to be, have any huge monetary value. People just like getting free stuff. Yeah. Never underestimate the power of free stuff. Yes. So yeah, you know what? Here's a, here's a coupon or here's your, your, your slip fees back, you know, like here's your 10 bucks back for launching because you, you helped us out by cleaning up garbage along the shoreline while you were paddling or, you know, dug out, whatever. Um, yeah, that, you know, a free day paddling. Woohoo. That's cool. I'm going to come here again and, you know, yeah, guys, just dig up some garbage and they'll give you your money back sort of yeah. thing. So I think there's really some, uh, some merit to that study. Again, if you go to the event, it was adventure journal dot com or org it would be dot com dot com if you just google ad- the adventure journal um yeah, yeah it, there's a thing there that talks about the small study it's not a big article it takes you like five not even five minutes to read it but uh, i think there's definitely some merit in that oh absolutely yeah get some buying get people to uh it's that positive reinforcement it does everybody good yeah um, you know what? I found a drawback to these Thousand Islands uh, beers. <laughs> What's that? They seem to disappear <laughs> fast. It's that evaporation. I think they evaporate <laughs> faster than the old ones. Uh, keeping on the I was Googling sort of thing, the Fairway Gorge Paddling Club in Victoria, BC has a neat idea. See, I've paddled there. Have you? have well i paddled we knew some people at the club i i oh so I you would, weren't uh, a member of the club 
No, because we had our own club. With I was in the military at the time, so we had all our own equipment and we had our own club in the military. Uh, but we did go and visit people from the uh, various paddling clubs in the area. We would paddle the in, in you know in Victoria in the inner harbor there. And and uh, is that so, your yeah, fancy and, way of saying they wouldn't let you in? <laughs> your membership was declined. Probably would have been, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's Derek. Oh. Dirty drunken sailor. <laughs> Dirty drunken sailors. A whole shipload of them. We don't need them in here. Um, they are doing a Paddle Across Canada January 24th to March 31st solo event. I guess you'd call it an event. It is a Super Paddler series, January 24th to March 31st, 2021. This is a pretty cool thing because everything over the last year has been going virtual. Yeah. And there's another topic we're going to talk about virtual here as well. Uh, this, this one topic sort of led into the other one. So starting off uh, the 2021 Spring Super Paddler series, they're attempting from January 24th to March 31st to paddle 7,100 kilometers, the equivalent distance of paddling across Canada on our national highways from Victoria to St. John's, Newfoundland. It's a lot of kilometers. That's a lot of kilometers. So now the thing that gets me here is um, out in Victoria, BC, they're still paddling. Oh, yeah. If we did that around. here, <laughs> I did one kilometer today. I went. <laughs> well, you know, Alan's been out. Well, doing Alan's a lot been of nonstop. He's yeah, been... he's a uh, well. I, I was. He went. He went Facebook Live there a couple times uh, yep. on the weekend, and he circled uh, Toronto Island. It's like that, that's awesome. He keeps getting pictures of himself in front of uh, the CN Tower. I know. So, <laughs> out of his head. so it looks like he's got that, the point yeah. coming out of his head. Yeah. So Alan, what's your point? <laughs> <laughs> so every meter recorded by participants uh, of the club will be used towards a total tally updated daily. And as the kilometers add up, we'll say hello on social media to the paddling clubs that we will be virtually passing by. Oh, that's pretty that's cool. Neat. That's a great idea. Part of this initiative is to support the members in all they do, uh, their movement, the paddle-related activities, included mileage they log for Cora events, uh, whatever OC1, kayak, and sup work they're doing, as well as rowing and paddling. Uh, ERGs. Not sure what that... ERG ERGs? Uh, all paddling from the Super Paddler series will go towards new equipment for the Fairway Gorge Paddling Club. Uh, there'll be a grand prize and weekly suggested routes will be released uh, by the coaching staff, along with customized workouts designed to help paddlers compete in Cora's virtual race series. Why do this? Distance paddling at this time of year will help athletes prepare for whatever the 2021 competition season will bring which right now is who knows exactly uh we'll be using this to reach out to the paddling community across canada help raise awareness about our club and the new vancouver island dragging boat festival did i say dragging dragon vancouver island dragon boat festival 
To make our goal, our club will have to paddle more than a combined 110 kilometers per day. So if there's five people out there paddling that day from the club in Victoria, they need to each paddle over just over 20 kilometers a day. But if you get 20 of them out there, so they are on day 16 of 64. They have paddled 1,380,799 meters. 1,380, sorry, 1,380,799 meters they've paddled so far. They only have 5,719,201 meters to go. <laughs> so if you go to fgpaddle.com, as in Fairway Gorge Paddle.com, there's a link on their homepage to their paddle series here uh, to find out a little bit more about it. But if you're part of a club uh, that are looking for ideas, to keep their own people on the water uh, and engage this coming summer, this might be something to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can log in your, your their website. You know, I mean, like if you're in Barrie or, you know, North Bay or, you know, Manitoba, uh, out in Winnipeg or something like that or on the East Coast. If, you know, you got a, a paddling club and you're looking for uh, a way to get people involved, right now you really can't. Because you're, you know, frozen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, down through the states and, well, every, you know, most other places in the world right now that uh, aren't frozen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you're looking for something to do to keep your your club members uh, engaged on the water right now, this is something to keep in mind. You know, you get everybody out there and say, yeah, we'll, we'll total up. And who knows, maybe some club's going to say, hey, I bet you we can paddle all the way around the world. Yeah, that'd be can you cool. imagine? That'd be cool. Wouldn't be me. Oh, Here's my one time. kilometer donated to paddling around the world. <laughs> That'll be cool. So, uh, yeah, if you want to find out more about that and uh, if you have any questions, even send them a little uh, little note there. Fairway Gorge Paddling Club in Victoria. FGPaddle.com. And, uh, yeah, they can probably answer some questions you got. And I came across, so I've been distracted because I've been Googling stuff while you're talking. But an erg, it's a paddle simulator. Paddling ergs, rowing and paddling ergs are paddle simulators. Oh. It simulates your paddle stroke when you can't be on the water. So what they're doing, as per what they were saying, is uh, so whether you're doing paddling on the water or, or as well as rowing and paddling ergs, it's uh, basically rowing machines and paddling machines right cool you know like like we're talking earlier with uh you know you use a tensor bandage or or like whatever uh strips and you tie it to a post and you paddle against the elastic and so it's like it's a paddling erg Hmm. i've never heard that before so no there's twice i've discovered that i'm living in a cave and i don't know what's going on around me Pickleball. <laughs> pickleball. Yeah, exactly, right? Is there a pickleball erg? <laughs> so there we go. Now we know what a paddling and rowing erg is. 
I no. thought it was a I thought it was a typo, so I had to search it out. And yeah. Anyways, it, it's actually spelled right. It is E R G. <laughs> and we're just going to call them Ergs. <laughs> um, Ottawa's Michael Taylor is in France preparing and hoping for third Olympics. Ah, uh, yes. So there are paddlers out there getting ready for the Olympics. They're doing their training in case it does happen. They say it's going to happen, but well, who knows? you know, it, the uh, they they are very determined that they're not going to push it off again. They've they've already pushed it off by a year, and uh, they they're right now. They're if they push it off again, they're at risk because what they're they're at risk of not having it because uh, it'll be they'll have a summer and a winter Olympics in the same year, basically, right? Well, they used to have that, right? Years ago, then it's mm-hmm. it's, and then they it's offset just, it by two years. Yeah, exactly. So, which is better? Yeah, because I don't so want my whole uh, year taken up with Olympics. <laughs> I know you have to watch it, right? <laughs> well, you got the Olympics, want, then yeah. you got the Special Olympics, then you got the Winter Olympics, then you got the Special Winter Olympics. Yeah, <sighs> and then you get all the normal. And then you stuff. find out that you're out of you're unemployed because you just spent the last six months watching sports. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been at work in two weeks. Oh, <laughs> it's Olympics. Sorry, I forgot about work. I was watching the Olympics. It's the Olympics. What's, what's the matter with you people? It's not a mandatory holiday in my religion. It's a national pride. That's right. <laughs> um. Yeah, so hopefully it does happen, but people are out there training. Yeah, it's, it's going to be changed. It's going to be different. It's going to be weird. But, uh, you know, they've pumped a lot of money into it. They've got to, they can't just throw that money away. It's going to be it's going to be weird is like, you're not going to see people in the stands or there's going to be limited people accessing the areas and there's going to be all, they're all going to have their own lockdown stuff, just like our NHL and, and whatever. Right. So, uh, it's uh, going to be an interesting time, but I'm excited. I'm looking, I look forward to these international competitions. It's neat to, you know, even if it's a sport that you ne- would never normally watch, it's like, I'm not going to like winter Olympics. I don't, I don't care about cross country ski competitions, but I'm going to watch it if it's the Olympics, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, what, what is it uh, now? It's not this Olympics, but it's the next one. We're going to have like stand up paddleboard and and so on, right? Isn't that what they yep. said? Yeah. Um, not stand up paddleboard. No, it didn't make it this no. time, right? It, no, it, we're going to have break <laughs> dancing instead. We're going to have break dancing and parkour or yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> break dancing. Yahoo. Yeah. Uh, there they is. They didn't call it breakdancing. They called it something. Breaking. Breaking. Yeah. That's it. Break. I'm going to call it break. There is a community up in the Arctic, I do believe. Arctic or Nor- Northern Norway or something. Um, that apparently is putting in a mock bid for the Summer Olympics. <laughs> really? As a climate change sort of statement says by the time we get the olympics it'll be no snow left up here yeah due to climate change we'll be yeah but when we get it there don't worry we'll be able to do summer olympics because it'll be gone yeah yeah anyway (laughs) so people are still training but for those that don't train i came across paddlemonster.com ah yes there's a lot of things that we were saying earlier about going virtual and stuff like this. 
And I'm really interested. I came. I just came by this one recently, so we're not going to do a full in-depth thing on here. We're just going to sort of give it a quick little pass by and uh, what it what we see just at first first glance here. Paddlemonster.com. Uh, Paddle Monsters coaching services are offered by our team of world-class coaches, including Olympic, world champion, and industry-renowned experts. From strength and fitness training to specific technique work, Paddle Monster offers all a paddler needs for any paddle craft from SUP to outrigger to surf ski. This looks now i had to had to do a quick double take after a while i thought it was for everything then there seems to be a lot of stand-up paddleboard stuff uh but it is they are saying with anything that you're doing paddling wise yes and so yeah i i've was looking at some of the stuff online and uh there's a lot of details like one of those like they'll do stand-up paddle board they'll do packet canoe outrigger paddle training and uh, what was the last one? Uh, Surfski. 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 Yeah. Training. <laughs> and so it's yeah. basically, it's, and what's what's neat about it is, uh, so the coaching is, uh, and so you sign up for whatever coaching you need to, to it's, you it's don't have subscri- to find it's subscription an based in your area. Yes. Yeah, it's subscription based. But what's brilliant about it is, uh, like, normally when we look at, like, paddle lessons, it's like, okay, what do we have this local? Who's going to travel to where do this? This here is all online, and so you can be, you can connect with a coach that's maybe in Australia or something, right? It's mm-hmm. it's all uh, it's all online, and, and so there's fitness and strength training, there's nutrition training, there's technique training. It's There's a lot of stuff that they have available here on their website that you can sign up for. And there's online competitions, so you there's you know you can set weekly goals and competitions between other people, and you know if if you're gonna paddle, you're gonna do a, a paddling erg, as I now know the terminology. <laughs> you're gonna do paddling ergs, and you're gonna you know you wanna you know you go so many. I'm gonna do like 300 kilometers. Uh, I'm gonna do it for however many hours. You can upload that, and I, I discovered this little speedometer thing on the side so you there's paddle challenges where distance uploads and and uh there's time uploads and so on there's all kinds of different stuff it's like uh well there's strava yeah it's like a it's like a paddling version of strava there's an app you can download to your phone or your apple watch i guess or whatever but yeah Uh you can jump in your own canoe um and there's you know virtual races and stuff like that so you know you you set go i guess you hit go on your on the app and you boogie the kilometers and then you upload that on the app to whatever and compare it to everybody else who's out on the water and exactly uh, who won the race type thing yeah you i mean you could be racing in ontario versus somebody down in in California and somebody else over in Bolivia or somebody Australia, you know, like you're racing against people around the world sort of thing. So yeah, we're going to get more into this at a later date. One of the founders is actually from Oakville. Um, Oh yeah. 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 That's neat. So I'm, I'm going to drop them a line and, and find out more about this. Uh, like I said, it's subscription based. So you do pay for it. I'm, I, I'm interested to find out if anybody listening actually does systems like this. My big interest in it was the whole virtual training, virtual, um, 
um, races and stuff like that in these days where, you know, a lot of these big races of 50 people shooting off the line at the same time aren't happening anymore. Yeah. Uh, I know there's a bunch of running races doing the same sort of thing and marathons and um, competitive things that you, you know, uh, when the pandemic first started, there was one that you keep track on a, an app of the the walks you do every day and within a week you have to cover so many kilometers and if you do they mail you out a a, a medal you know there's a, a registration fee that sort of thing but it's you know, scooby snacks yes a big box of scooby snacks and cheese balls <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i you know that's that's why i was interested in this and the whole virtual aspect of it but this is like quite a bit you know, with, with the extras they offer and I'd be, they don't really say how much the price is. No, you'd have to sign up to see what. Yeah. Uh, but if there's anybody out there that's using anything virtual training like this, um, I'd be interested to hear. But this one, yeah. like I say, if you go to paddlemonster.com and check this one out, uh, I'd be interested to, to get people's um, first glance um, comments about this, what they think of it. And, yeah, it's uh, a very neat resource. It's uh, in especially in this time, it's this day and age, in this time where you, you know everything's gone virtually. Plus, you're in the middle of COVID crisis, and uh, so if you need to do your training, if you need to really ramp things up for your paddling season, and and you want to start now, and you want to work on your technique or your nutrition or just, you know fitness and strength exercises and so on, they can uh, looks like they can walk you through it. I sound like a commercial here. I shouldn't be I know, pumping eh? them up so much. <laughs> <laughs> this portion of the throw has been brought to you by Derek. My paddle monster. <laughs> but you know, some like, and not just paddle monster, but any services like this, somebody might be looking to, to up their skills in kayaking and not want to go through Paddle Canada for say, you know, because exactly. of the, you know, the social distancing or something like that. Whereas well, here you can log like in. And talk to somebody, say, listen, this is what's happening. Like, I'm just not getting it right. And I need to work on my technique. Yeah, here, here's I'm, a technique. I'm to losing try. energy after 45 minutes and I want to go for three hours or yeah. something like that. Right. So they'll talk to you about nutrition, your technique, and your, maybe you're just, your technique is wrong because it's a lot of times it just comes down to technique. It's a, it's not about how hard you can paddle. It's about, you know, being more efficient in your paddle strokes and, and they can maybe correct you. You may have a, a defective paddle stroke and they can help you correct your paddle stroke. Yeah. Now we don't know if they can do that with this, but that's, you know. Well, that's what they're talking about here. They're, they're talking this about that, yeah. Yeah, I'm reading it here. They're talking about how to fix your technique and, and the, the old technique coaching about uh, your paddle stroke and, and, you know, the different ways that you can become more efficient in your paddle stroke. Mm -hmm. So th this is something they work on, right? Yeah, so be interested to... one-on-one. It's one-on-one -on -one. On one basic training here. So, Derek, why don't really you sign up for it? I really should, you know. it's uh, Yeah, saves me having to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Derek just got scammed out of $8,000. Yes. <laughs> Whew. I dodged a bullet on that one. <laughs> well, you know, I'm already an expert. I don't know that I could actually make use of this training. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, geez. Um, but this is, 
I think this is more suited for people who are really driven for either exercise or if you want to get more into competition or, yeah. or you know what I mean? Like if you're preparing to do the Minus Link or the Brent Run or something like that, it's like, listen, I need to know, some, I need to get my, my paddle stroke down so that I can paddle like, you know, for 12 hours straight or 18 hours straight type thing, right? I need to know how to do that without hitting a wall. And maybe people so that they, can't get to the gym. Yeah, exactly, right? And figure if I can't get to the gym, then I'll I'll yeah. get my exercise by paddling 500 kilometers an hour in my, my kayak. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my stand-up paddle board. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, paddlemonster.com. If anybody uses it, let us know. If anybody uh, checks it out, let us know. And uh, if anybody uses something like it, another company, let us know. We'll check that out. Um, that's all I got this week, man. You got anything? That's, yeah, that's all I got. That's it? Yeah, well, I was really excited about, uh, there's a few topics that I was looking forward to discussing with you and so on, like the, the, un- the unfortunate incidents in, in, uh, in northern India, that uh, that was something that I was looking forward to discussing, kind of digging deeper into, because, in, and I think with some stuff like that, it's going to take a while, because it's, we're only, it, it only happened three days, four days ago, yeah. and uh and so there's still not a lot of word on people who are still trapped and maybe in the hydroelectric projects or if there was like rafting companies that were on the river that day. So it's stuff like that. That information is still needs to come out. And uh, it, it's just people, some people haven't been asking the right questions yet. So it's uh, we're going to see a lot more stuff come to light. So it was, uh, I think we did, uh, I think, we covered a, quite a few interesting little topics tonight, so yeah. I'm. Uh, this is a win in my hat. There you go. <laughs> uh, I want to thank Thousand Islands Brewing Company for supplying uh, yes. me beer this evening. <laughs> <laughs> that is a total win. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. You had the wheat. I had the stout. Um, I had the. They had a 25th anniversary English style bitters, which I had uh, yesterday. Uh, is there yeah. more of that? Uh, no. Aww. <laughs> no, he only gave me one. Um, <laughs> they gave me doubles of a of, of a bunch of them, but they only gave me ones of certain ones. Okay. Uh, there's was, Irish how red was the, ale. I uh, was with English style bitters. Not too shabby. Yeah. Yeah. There's ambers. You'll you'll get an amber. There's a West Coast IPA, an Irish ale. Um. The East Coast IPA, the Amber, the West Coast Irish Ale, or something else. Yeah, I'll save a couple for you, maybe. I'll let you sniff the yeah. caps. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. But uh, caps, yeah. Bottles, not cans? No, no, they're cans. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll just put a cap over top to keep the smell in. <laughs> uh, so, Thousand Islands uh, Brewing, thank you very much out of Brockville and uh, Barley Moe uh, in Ottawa. Uh, thank you very much. Much appreciated. Get me hydrated on this fine evening. <laughs> if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream the episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Player FM, and all your podcast favorite podcast downloading sites. Go to the episode page at Paddling Adventures Radio and you can download or stream all our episodes, all 261 of them now. Oh, next week's our five-year anniversary. Woohoo! Whoop, whoop. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with all your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. 
I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek's Best. We'll see you next time.